This is the EVP Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. This is the EVP Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, DVO, and we have... I'm Beaker. I'm Ghosty McGhostface, bitches. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. You guys are starting to worry me. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Anybody do anything uh, fun in the last little week since we recorded last? What do you guys do when I'm not around? What do you mean? You have weird. You're weird all of a sudden. The last couple of weeks, <laughs> we've gotten more weirder. Is it a full moon now? Is that why? No, that was on the 26th of last month. Oh, okay. I don't know. I was gonna blame it on the full moon. Oh, the full moon. I know when the full moon was because I made my moon water for my smudge brace. All right, let's talk about this. So you use moonlight, yes, to charge stones. Correct? Charge water. Charge water. Well, actually, I put stones in the water. Okay. And then I put it outside and use the full moon to charge the water and the stones. Now, my question is, the moon does not give off light. Am I correct in this? Correct. It's a reflection of Of light. Of the sun. Yes. So how does that all supposed to work? Because it's not like moonlight. It's more like reflective sunlight. Yeah. But it's not as bright as the sun. You (laughs) can use the sun to charge your crystals, too. Okay, okay. But, I don't know, there's a different energy um, that comes from the moon. Okay. Than from the sun. I mean, obviously, the light's coming from the same place. It's just a reflection of light off of the, from the sun. The moon rock energy. Yes. Moon rock energy. Do you have any moon rocks? I feel it. I feel the energy. (laughs) But I, I wonder why the people think that makes them go weird when it's a full moon. Is it all coincidental? It's just when the moon's the brightest. But does that mean uh, things are a little bit more... Are you know, that is, that is a strange concept now that you brought it up because... That's what I do, bring up awesome topics. Yes. I never <laughs> even thought of okay. this. I was just like, make moon water. Okay. Here, well, here's the thing. <laughs> if you think about it, it's always a full moon. Right, Every right. single Every night. Yeah. It's just a matter of the reflection you get off the moon exactly. based off the position of it. Yes. Now, is the energy coming from the position of the moon or okay. is it coming off of people's reaction to the full moon being lit up? What kind of reaction? Like either they just, they see more or they just... They think... see more moon rock and now they want to freak out. So, uh, I was listening to <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he was talking about if if a baby is conceived on a full moon and they go full term, they'll be born on a full moon. And Okay, well that's just based off time and Right. Because I guess it was just, just kind of it was just kind of timing. And so listening to this podcast and he kind of was I don't know, I remember the exact topic that they were kind of going on on about, but I started thinking, yeah, as I started thinking like well, it's always a full moon. Just the position of where the light's reflecting, and then I, you know, I started thinking about this whole moon ref- moonlight, and it's like, well, moon doesn't really give light, but more babies are conceived or born on full moons. Well, it, I wonder and his if... theory is is because a full moon is just a little bit more romantic, so that's why babies are just conceived more. I wonder if it has <laughs> to do with being able to see better at night. That you don't need you don't need to put on any sexy lamps. Very possible. But another so I'm an avid fisherman. Okay. 
the full moon does affect fishing too. For light purposes. No, fishing purposes. Okay, go on. When there's a full moon, yes. the fish eat more because they yes. can see more. Right. So when you try to fish the day after a full moon, it's not as productive. Right, okay, well, I knew that. That's why I meant because there's more light. That's why. And because they go crazy at night. Like when it's a full moon, they freak <laughs> the, the, out. The moon it's, energy? Is that well, yeah, the fish, well, they start it, having fish babies. That's how the werewolves come, too. Like, they come on the full moon. Werewolves uh, or on your face. <laughs> Inappropriate. I don't know how we got from like. It's because I started the episode with my sexy voice. To werewolf ski. To werewolf. (laughs) Ghostly gets all excited. If you can make the correlation, you win a prize. (laughs) It's like the six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Figure out how werewolf skeet uh, connects to Moonwater. (laughs) You need to make some werewolf spray. Oh my God. So do, you, do you, so do you think the reflection from the sun off of the moon gives energy to water and stones? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, or I wouldn't do it. What? What? I said yes. Yeah, or I wouldn't. I oh, wouldn't yeah, okay. I wouldn't be. Used and, and, to why, it. and why do you think that? Uh I mean, you're gonna get energy from the sun regardless. I mean, okay. if you put it out in the sun as well. I mean, vitamin D. Yes. Okay. But I think <laughs> I think there's something to do with the moon. Just the way the light comes off the moon uh-huh. changes the energy. Okay. I think. Well, I believe the the moon does have its own energy. I mean, they do. I mean, you're getting the energy from the moon as well. Like, okay. I mean, each. I would say it stands to reason. I mean, all the the crystals and gems and stuff that we use uh, for energy work or just whatever. I mean, you're wearing you're wearing crystals on your your wrist right now. I have onyx and uh, tiger tiger eye. So I mean, we believe that there's energy from the the stones that come from the earth, right? So yes. why is it, it would for me it would stand a reason that there's also some sort of energy that comes from the moon, mm-hmm. and I think that and this is me just speculating right now because I've never been posed this question before, but um, I think with the sun the way it's reflecting off the moon, you might be getting some of that energy from the moon as well. Okay, coming with the light. I'm I'm just totally like speculating right here. I, right. There's no scientific proof. There's yeah. no way for me to back this up. Cause I, do, I do think the moon might have some type of energy, but it, but also it's so far away. Will we still feel that? Possibly, possibly not. I well, the no moon idea. does have a, a, a gravitational pull, it, which it creates does, the it waves. It orbits around us, right? The moon orbits the yes. earth, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it affects the, the like you said, the Gravitational waves, pull. The tides. Um, yeah. You know, minerals do give off mm-hmm. an energy, and maybe on a full moon with the sun reflecting off its full face of the moon maybe it just gives it full more power full power, full power fully baby. charged yes <laughs> fully charged moon rays coming at you no yeah I, I mean it kind of makes sense but i, I still am like hmm. hmm when have you you listen to some of these other podcasts or you hear people talk about crystals like don't listen to any other podcast what are you talking about just mm-hmm. this one just kidding <laughs> oh my gosh don't be like the people i used to work with um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they'll tell you, like, you can cleanse your, your crystals using the sun and the moon. Uh-huh. Like when I first started getting into crystals, like the, one of the, one of the things I heard was put them outside for a full 24 hours. So they're yes. getting, so basically they're saying that the moon will cleanse your crystals and the sun will recharge them. Mm-hmm. I don't actually do that. Okay. Part of the reason why I don't do that is because when you have some of the darker crystals, like your jet or obsidian or whatever, if you leave it in the sun too long, it's going to bleach it and make it change colors. It's going to lighten it. 
I don't know if it's going to decrease the potency of the energy on the the crystal, but it's going to make it not look as good. Mm. Um, I personally just cleanse all of my stuff with selenite. Um, because selenite cleanses crystals. So you just like you just take the selenite stone, touch it to other stones or crystals. Uh, in my kit itself that I use for energy work, I've got so many pieces of selenite. And the thing is, is that you don't always have to have the selenite touching the stone directly. It just has to be near it sometimes. Like if it's, if it has a lot of negative energy on mm-hmm. it that you're trying to cleanse, then it's best to touch it to the selenite. But I've got so many pieces of selenite in my kit that it's kind of not always, everything is, always being they just cleansed. tumble with each other. Pretty much. <laughs> I just I have a selenite wand and I'll go around and touch my stones and go zap. Zap. <laughs> Do you say that? Yep, go zap. <laughs> Speaking of the sun, why is it so hot lately? Jeez. Because it's June. Oh gosh. Heat wave. I don't know why people get so excited for the summer. I don't. I don't it's either. too hot for me. I'm I, I like it. I get excited no. for August. There we go. Because it's my birthday, but that's about it. Okay. <laughs> I get excited for the outdoors and being outside and not having a be cold anymore you can do that in spring not as much it's still a little cold in spring sometimes in the fall yeah it's a little cold in the fall no it's good it's good well i by the time i'm done fishing or whatever i'm doing it's like noon and it's getting real hot and i'm done that's because you're on low teeth you'll be your testosterone levels were higher oh i'll be I'll, I'll be doing that big summer stuff <laughs> <laughs> yes i'll be going big time summer <laughs> all right let's talk about this week's episode so I really wasn't going to talk about this uh, topic again until later, but by popular demand, we were asked to talk again about the Devil's Triangle, also known as the Bermuda Triangle, specifically a few missing flights of the Bermuda Triangle. So happy to talk about this uh, because I find, again, the Bermuda Triangle very interesting. So in case you still want to just make sure we understand what the Bermuda Triangle is, it is if you take, in case you don't know geometry or geography geography but uh, a little bit of both a triangle (laughs) has three points (laughs) and so the bermuda triangle is best estimated as the islands of the bermudas connected to puerto rico and then back to miami florida so it is rather half i wrote it down actually 500 square miles is the size of the bermuda triangle roughly so custom people kind of move the points different parts but but roughly about that so we're gonna talk about a few flights that are kind of mysterious paranormal yes. creepy spooky so go see you're gonna do our first one i believe right oh um flight 19 probably the one that really sparked up the whole myth around that's the yeah bermuda triangle. i guess it's it, what created the bermuda triangle myth yes and it was uh it was called flight 19 <clears throat> Easy over there. Yeah, I'm gonna calm die. down. Jeez. Oh, okay. It's supposed to swallow. It was a. Uh, it was a. It was a. <laughs> What's going on over there? No, you and your, your swallowing techniques. Yeah, swallow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was a mock bombing run, where they there was 14 passengers on board. Where they had, uh, let's see, it was a TBM Avenger torpedo bomber. There's cool name. Five of them. Yep. Five of them. Five, of, Five them. of them flying around, right? Nineteen yeah. pilots total, but there were fourteen on this one. Fourteen that, passengers. Fourteen passengers total. Flight nineteen. Fourteen passengers. And yes. mysteriously <laughs> went missing while on this little test run. Um, 
Let's see. When they went missing. Oh, no. I believe. Let's see. They were heading. Where were they heading to? Uh, I believe they, they were making a run to, so, towards. So they were leaving Fort Lauderdale and heading to, I think, the Bermuda. They are supposed the to be going to the Bermuda. Like, yeah, what you said. And uh, it was. Let's see. How, how long was it supposed to be for them to reach their destination? Like two to three hours. Yeah. It was supposed to be like they went out. They went out so far they're supposed to turn north and like drop their bombs and then turn and come back. And it was, it was just the all, weather was really bad. The, it wasn't even that bad. I mean, no. it was kind of cloudy, but yeah, weather didn't turn bad till at night. That's and when weather turned bad. That is crazy. And so while they were out there, they just stopped. So signaling. their compasses, all their compasses on the planes, they just went started going crazy. Yeah. And so they lose complete track of where they are in the sky yeah so imagine you're in the middle of the ocean everything looks everything the is same. identical especially if the sun's right above you <laughs> yeah yeah there's no way of telling where it's setting or where it's rising it's just high noon everything's 12 o'clock was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, one of the things i was uh reading about or listening to was um the way pilots work when they they're making their turns like left or right and they they kind of gauge everything on the horizon and it helps them determine, like you know, obviously where ground is, where sky is, and all that. And when they're you're when you're out over the ocean, uh, sometimes you lose that horizon, and you have a hard time. Yeah, blue waters and blue sky kind of look the same at some point. Yeah, yeah and it's really hard to tell how high you are to altitude wise. <laughs> yeah, that's what the point of the. That's how important those gauges are. Right. So yeah, that's you can have. Uh, so the guy was describing that, like, when that happens, you can have like vertigo kick in, and he was saying the that. You know, maybe you're supposed to be making a left-hand turn, and you know your instruments will be correct, right? But because you got the vertigo kicking in, you think you're making your left-hand turn, but really you're going right. That's extreme vertigo. Like, you're, like yeah. your your mind thinks you're going le- the direction you're supposed to be going, but you're actually going the opposite direction because your vertigo is kicking in. The thing about driving a car and you make a left turn, what does your body do when you make a left turn? It goes right. You, you want to I mean? <laughs> speaking of driving in vertigo, you know what? Gets you all sorts of messed up and like vision wise and vertigo wise. Weed. No, (laughs) actually, no, it doesn't. (laughs) When you park into a parking stall Uh and as you're like creeping forward, positioning yourself, and the car next to you starts reversing. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my God. How trippy is that? Yeah. What just happened? I I hit my brakes off. Ah, what's happening? Start seizing and everything. (laughs) Car wash could do that too. Same thing. Car wash. At a stoplight too. If the car in front of you or the next to you starts rolling forward and you feel like you're going backwards. Yeah. Yeah, that trips you out. You know, it's crazy if they start going backwards and, and you start you thinking going... you're creeping forward. Into traffic. Yep. But yeah, they were supposed to be out over the Bahamas. And I guess the, the main guy that had over like 2,000 hours worth of uh, flight time. Yeah, Taylor. Uh, Lieutenant Taylor. Uh, he was kind of running the thing and... and they think that um, he might have been letting like one of the newer guys kind of lead the training. Yeah. Oh. Like so, they did have like I think uh, there was Lieutenant Taylor that had like two thousand hours. There was like four other guys that had a lot of hours that were mm-hmm. kind of. Um, and this was also nineteen forty-five. Yeah. Yep. So December five forty-five. So the gauges that they had probably weren't as cool as what we have now. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> probably definitely. not. But most of the guys that were there only had about 20 to 30 hours of flight time. But speaking of that, you're just talking about gauges nowadays. I was just watching another video of a pilot. This is in May of 2021. 
and he's out uh, just kind of flying around uh, going through the Bermuda Triangle. He wasn't like trying to do any tests or anything. He just he just shows videos of him and his flights, and he's got cameras all over his cockpit. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a small plane, and he's got he's got cameras in the cockpit showing him from different angles. Um, he's doing a he's got a, a a tablet in in the middle of a steering wheel. I guess I don't know if that's what you call it on a plane, but I'm guessing it's called the steering wheel as well. <laughs> and he's got a tablet there, and it's showing like a map. I don't know. He's got some type of special map, but he's he's uh, uh, screen recording that, and then he's got cameras. Um, mounted that are kind of showing out on the the wings so he's got all these cameras around him and he's flying this is may of 2021 and also he goes well there goes another another uh engine generator or yeah i think he said the engine generator just went out he's like just brand new just put it in now my engine generator just went out while he's in the bermuda triangle so even with technology nowadays still things still Happens weird to people's electronics in the Bermuda Triangle. Wow. I think they pretty much just had, like, compasses that they were using back then. I mean, I'm sure yeah. they had other stuff, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I, they mainly, I think, mainly relied on compasses for this particular flight. Yeah. So, there seemed to have been a ship that saw an explosion out at sea around the same time that this was had disappeared. Is no. that correct? That was the Different. search party. That was for the... Oh, that was when the search party went out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so because they had gone out for, let's see, they went for three hours. They were gone, right? Which one? The flight flight 19. 19. So it was supposed to be three hours. They left at 2.10 p.m. that afternoon, um, and then they were supposed to do their little route, and they were supposed to be back within three hours. Uh, I think it was about five or six hours before they finally vanished. Yeah, they, they were in communication. Uh, um but they, they just seemed lost. You could hear them. I, I, I heard some of their communication. They just kind of seemed totally off. And obviously with their compasses going screwy. Okay, so here it shows the, the plan was scheduled to take them due east from the Naval Air Station in Fort Lauderdale for 141 miles north for 73 miles and then back over a final 140-mile leg to complete the exercise. Yep. And they're... They're doing the, more of a right triangle. <laughs> their uh, their last their locations la- uh, last given at seventy five miles northeast of Cocoa, Florida, and uh, at that time they had just over an hour of fuel supply left. Yeah, so th- there was a point where Lieutenant Taylor said, you know, he was just saying, "Hey, get together because if one plane gets below ten gallons." Uh, we're all going to land together. So whether we're always together. Yeah, and the reason for that was um, if, if any plane had a ditch, if, if they had to go down, uh, they wanted all the planes to go down at the same spot. So if a search party or, you know, when the search party came out, it would be easier for them to find everybody instead of having to search for all these different locations. But, like, they, they actually had, uh, I think it was another lieutenant that was getting ready to run a different uh, training group after the fact uh, he intercepted some of the transmissions and so you had this lieutenant taylor who was just like i'm lost i don't know where we're at um he's like i see some broken pieces of land he's like i think it's the florida keys which is in the complete uh, other direction that's the very south part of florida again they're heading supposed to be heading north towards the bahamas and he thinks he's seeing the keys down south yeah they're they've took off flying you know east yeah. The keys are on the west side, on the other end, other side of Florida. 
Yeah, wow. and he, he kept saying, if we start heading east, we should start hitting land. But that would actually would take them more Further out to the, the ocean. ocean yeah. So here's, here's, here's a, a weird part. He actually, uh, Lieutenant Taylor, he's, he normally flies out of Miami and not Fort Lauderdale. And so they think that he might have got confused that he was still in the, like, the Miami area. And so if he was on the West Coast, flying east would have taken them into the Keys or into Florida. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they're, they're, there's some speculation that he actually also got confused when he took over from the, the training pilot, the, the trainer pilot, I should say. Yeah, no training, the trainee. Sorry, yeah. the trainee pilot, when he took over, when he took back over control, he actually is confused where, where he was at. He forgot he's, he flew out of the east side of Fort Lauderdale, not in my, from Miami. Well, I think some of the transmissions, he was saying that his compasses weren't working properly. Yes. Um, I think they even had like a hard time finding these guys on their radar and that. Like no one could really pinpoint where these guys actually were. Yeah, no one, no one really could pinpoint them. And those five planes are gone. No one has, there's no wreckage or debris of five planes. Yeah, they just That is so managed. crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so there is some speculation that they went too far out, but they should have been, still should have been kind of found because they didn't have all this fuel to fly across the country or, I mean, across the globe, I mean. Right. They didn't but have that kind of they, fuel. Were they, do you think that all five of them, were they flying together? Yeah, because there's, there's, there's a transmission of Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor. Coach. Put me in, Coach. <laughs> Lieutenant Taylor telling everyone to uh, get together, group together. Because if if one plane gets below, because there's there's recordings of him saying this, if if the if it, one plane drops below ten gallons, we're all landing together, so that they wanted to all stay together. But yeah, that way transmission, when they landed, they could send up their flares and that for the search yeah. party, and just make it easier for the whole group to be found. Instead of having to search all over the place for all these different planes. Yeah, yes. true. Which which is a great idea. I mean, that's actually was a smart idea from him. He was like, hey, let's stay together. It, and obviously it would be a vi- much more visible thing, you know, five planes kind of grouped together in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. But, but uh, I think these planes are five. supposed to be doing good on water, too. Like, they should be. They should have been able to land on water just fine, for, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but. They, I mean, they sounded pretty positive about it. <laughs> and there was, did all these have a bunch, like, covered, like, they all had bombs on them, right? Yeah, they actually dropped their bombs. I don't know if they were, like, dummy bombs or actual bombs, but on the, when they were dropping their bombs and they're supposed to be coming back is when they got lost. And, like, mm-hmm. everyone, the, this guy was confused. He thought he was over the Florida Keys, even though that's completely not the direction yeah. that they went. Um, and then I think some of the other guys were like, they were confused because they're like, yeah, no, and yeah, you know, they're just following orders and pretty much. Maybe even even if some of them didn't agree, you know, what are you going to do? And if they were tenants? over the Florida Keys, they if if he thought he was correct, did would they have had enough fuel to make it back from where they were? Yeah, yeah, because right, because the Florida Keys are just right there. Yeah, but. Apparently they weren't, and they had a ton more ocean to go over. Uh huh. Yeah, they started going east when they started their run. Uh, Florida Keys would have been west. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. <laughs> that that is one of the theories that aliens yes. plucked them out of the air, and that's the theory for like a lot of these disappearances. The aliens. My theories are from underneath. Aliens underneath them. In the ocean. Mm-hmm. 
sending signals up into the sky and messing up frequencies for planes. Yeah, I mean, it is weird that, you know, so there's some people that say the Bermuda Triangle does not necessarily have more accidents or malfunctions or disappearances than any other parts of the ocean. And then some people like, you know, it's, it's very concentrated in this area. So it's, it's hard to tell what's really Underwater happening. Underwater space space. <laughs> Apparently, there's an average of like 60 ships and five planes that go missing in the triangle every year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. I mean, and there's there's dozens, dozens and dozens. and But then there's, the thing is, is people-wise, passenger-wise, there are hundreds of people that are just gone. Just gone. No one knows where they are. Hundreds of people. That's and really weird. So after this had just happened, they they decided to send a search party looking for them like the like, next day. Like 249 ships or something like that. Yeah, over over a few days, um, a huge search party, but a plane like, like I was saying earlier is is looking for them and that also disappears. Yeah, so Beaker, you want to talk about that one? Was it a plane or was it a boat? No, it was a plane. It was, it was a, plane, a plane. Yeah, yeah. but was, then a boat sees the plane. They, yeah, they saw the they saw this explosion, and. They went looking for that one too, I guess, and they didn't find any wreckage or anything. That's just like another plane just completely vanished. Yeah, looking for these five planes that vanished. Yeah, so it was ST forty nine. That's the name of the plane, and it was it was supposed to go do their own routine. Um, and when when the word of flight nineteen just totally off the grid, ST forty nine's little training just became a search and rescue, and they took off, and within twenty three minutes of the takeoff. They lost communication, and a ship out in the ocean uh, said that they saw, you know, an explosion in the sky. A plane crashes into the ocean and bursts into flames, and it was just a burning. He said mess. an oil slick. Yeah, when they went when they went to that area, there was an oil slick, some debris, but that SC forty nine had thirteen passengers, and all of them were gone. And now, if you were to say that they were, you know, they did blow up. Easy to tell that they just you know incinerated in the explosion and it was the aliens. Yeah, or the aliens attacked them. Said we do not hear, blow them down from so, the bottom up. Yeah. <laughs> so within twenty four hours, <laughs> twenty seven people and six planes are gone. Six planes, twenty seven people in twenty four hours, pretty much. That's wild. Yeah. That's pretty. weird, wild stuff. <laughs> <laughs> aliens, man. <laughs> and then, um, and then these. Well, what I'm calling the star planes. So the star planes, this happened in 1948, the first one. So three years after Flight 19. And the first one is Star Tiger. So it took off January 30th, 1948. It had 25 passengers. And they were, um, I can't remember. It was, a, it, was, it was a British plane. And it was I think it was a passenger plane. It was going to take people to certain stops. And so Star Tiger is out, and they're gone, or, or you know they're they're out flying, and that one also they have some communication, but it just goes missing again in the Bermuda Triangle. They think during some of the uh, transmissions that maybe they got kind of taken off course from from some wind. So again, I don't know where they does that mean they were also having malfunctions with their compasses. I don't know because. During some transmission, it seems like they had kind of gone off course. Um, there's also speculation that there was some service note 
that there was potential of some service problems with with the Star Tiger, um, and someone had noted that it could. Uh, uh, I can't remember if it was an engine problem, but it could have caused. But it, there was a potential for an explosion. But the problem is, is they were in kind of somewhat communication, and as they, I don't know, it just was again just another plane just purely vanished, just kind of lost communication. No, nothing found. No debris. No oil slicks in the last kind of area that it that it that it um, transmitted. Those aliens. Aliens. Sounds like lizard people stuff. <laughs> so that was a uh, nineteen forty. So again, lizard people. Lizard people stuff. Okay. Lizard oh. people stuff. <laughs> Total lizard so people again, stuff. flight nineteen was in nineteen forty-five. Star Tiger was in nineteen forty-eight, and in nineteen forty-nine, uh, the Star Lion, another British plane. These are all these are all British planes. These star planes. Um, they actually had some engine failure, but they still landed without incident. Um, so the star aerial was going out, I believe, shortly after. So because of the star lion having some engine problems, they said, hey, let's just really make sure we check on the star aerial, make sure that one is really you know good. That one had 20 passengers. And they had good communication with this plane. They kept saying that the weather was great, the weather was calm, um, no problems. And I think they were really close to their destination and no more communication. No problems with the plane. Because they, they serviced this plane shortly before it took off because of another plane's problems. Everything seemed fine. No reports of any service issues with this plane, the Star Aerial. But again, I think I think it's maybe like an hour away from its destination, and it's just gone. And that had twenty passengers. And again, the Star Tiger had twenty-five passengers. All of them gone. No debris. No oil slicks out in the ocean. Just vanished. Aliens. Aliens. That's also in the forties. Yeah, 40s, baby. All of this is in the 40s. Right before the U.S. made that deal with the aliens. <laughs> aliens. Now, someone made a claim that um, these star planes were possibly sabotaged. So By one... star killer base. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was, I can't remember, so, somebody name. that uh, got fired from, from the, the, the British airline. I don't know exactly what it is. But they said that they claim to have seen a well-known war saboteur around the planes. I don't know how true that is, but Prime Minister Attlee... Pretty sure it was the Germans. Could, could have been. But hmm. Prime Minister Attlee did order that no more inquiries go into these planes. So the British Prime Minister said... Stop looking into these places. Just working with the Germans. Or the aliens. Or the aliens. Or the aliens. I don't know. The U.S. aliens. Going back to Flight 19, though, there was reports that towards the end of the night. So the whole day for Flight 19 was a pretty solid, good day. But towards the end, as it, as the night came, winds and storms might have came up during the night. A lot of hurricanes go through that area. Yep, that's the Atlantic some, for you. Some of the natives are saying that the weather can change just like that, like on in a. In a minute's notice, because the weather's so unpredictable <laughs> because of the aliens. Mm-hmm. They'll do that, or the volcano that's underneath the water. Super volcano. Super volcano. Mm. Well, have you heard about this? Was a theory years ago. I remember watching this on TV. There was a person who said that methane gas mm-hmm. released from the bottom of the ocean was coming up in bubbles and popping and releasing 
high amounts of methane that could cause the gauges and planes to malfunction. Methane? Methane. Yep, from the uh, volcano. Hmm. I mean, I have heard that maybe there's some type of gravitational situation out there. Yeah, apparently science has uh, shown that the, these bubbles, these these uh, hot gas bubbles that come up from the ocean mm-hmm. uh, can affect, not only affect the instruments, but uh, if it hits the boat just right, it can actually sink the boat. Yeah, I see that with 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 uh, boats, but planes. That I don't know. Have they ever witnessed these giant methane bubbles? You know, I don't know. I'd have to look because into because they did talk about that. In the, I the, would like one of those to see a giant bubble burst that could take a boat and submerge it. That sounds like quite the bubble. Like according to the scientist, it can <laughs> it's like happen. Like the kraken. They don't question science. Imagine the smell of that giant bubble. (laughs) You wouldn't have to. The bubble would kill you. From the smell? Yep. Or from the aliens? Both. (laughs) The alien bubble? (laughs) Methane. The aliens are farting and causing shit to blow up. Maybe that's the exhaust from that alien city under the water. And And they're releasing just as much methane as we are, but they're just concentrating it in bubbles. So I'm going to talk to you now. <laughs> you don't like my underwater alien. Underwater alien farts are sinking ships in the Bermuda Triangle. Maybe they have a cow farm under the ocean, and they're releasing a shit ton of methane shit gas just like we are. Possible, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> How quick you are to abandon your theory. <laughs> He's like, I heard myself say it out loud. Now I retract it. <laughs> I, never it sounded, of, I never thought it sounded legit. It sounded good in my head. <laughs> but oh, I think there's Lord. some type of magnetic field out there. I don't know. In the Atlantic, I, I'm not sure. You know, but it's I interesting. we should go out there with the K2 meter. Hmm. The EMF meter. In a raft? Yeah. I'm scared. Like... Like, uh, Let's just bring our paddle boards. I guess we just have to go just outside of Miami, I guess. Like Julian Gonzalez or whatever his name was. I, guess we, I mean, we just go swimming in Puerto Rico and do it. Yeah. Let's go ghost hunt the Bermuda Triangle. It'd be interesting. There'd be a lot of dead bodies out there, I bet. Oh, we, There's hundreds. There's hundreds. I mean, we could add, literally. we might add three to that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should pass. There's, <laughs> yeah, but there's literally hundreds of dead people out there in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Well, if they died or they got plucked out of the sky, I don't, just, I don't know. Well, yeah, the aliens did it. But it's so it's so weird that some did of these you are know. just gone. I feel like with the technology we have now, we could be sending drones flying out over the Bermuda Triangle at all times with cameras just recording. At all times? At all times. I mean, we have technology now. <laughs> 24 hours a day, we have technology. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. So we Again, should go is... to Puerto Rico and fly drones over the triangle. Again, this is just 500 saying, square miles. I'm talking about not just the, the remote-controlled drones, like the long-distance drones that the military uses. I mean, just but with recordable data that it can gather as it's flying. Yeah, but I'm saying with as it being 500 square miles, that's a, I mean, they can only see so much at a time to, to cover all that. Imagine sending 500 drones the at the military. same time. And just recording everything. I, I I think there might be a better use of military funding. Oh my god, you don't know nothing then. 
We just have we have so much disposable money at our fingertips. Let's do this. Not to the military. <laughs> Tell that to the military. The, they don't have to. They know this. <laughs> they know they don't have money. Uh, I'm full of shit today. It's okay. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> so, Beaker, you're asked ask question. Did you know? Did you know? That this happened. So this happened on December fifth. Yes, on flight nineteen. Night, yes, the flight nineteen on the December fifth of whatever year. Forty five. So forty five. So last time we talked about Bruce Gernon, right? Yes. His flight took place on December fourth. Uh huh. Eerie coincidence. That is. I, I was wondering why that sounded kind of familiar to me when I kept saying like December. What was that? Yeah. I was wondering why that sounded kind of familiar. So, it was, yep. So there is a, a legend or a rumor out there. Okay. Uh, obviously, there's no way to prove it, but some people think that because of how bad this Lieutenant Taylor screwed up Flight 19, uh-huh. um, he he might have actually survived, is what they think. This he is, went in hiding? And he went hiding, yes. It's like a D.B. Cooper type of thing. And they're in uh, Bermuda. I guess they they were saying like the Bohemians took him in, and huh. and because he knew how bad he messed up and he'd be court martialed. Uh, was he, anybody telling him let him go? I will not let him go. Maybe <laughs> was there a rhapsody? This is, yes, and this is where it actually came from. Ask <laughs> Queen. <laughs> Brian Mays will tell you. No, he won't. Um, but yeah, they think he just like lived a life out there on one of the islands in Bermuda because he didn't want to come home and face a court martial. Hmm. I don't think they made it out there, though. Well, I get, like, oh, so, yeah. that's hmm. just a theory that people have. Add this to your theory. December 5th is also National Bathtub Party Day. <laughs> In case you weren't aware. Oh. Adds to the no, mysterious... No, no, no. <laughs> no, I like the International Ninja Day. That is a pretty damn good day. December 5th is also International Ninja Day, which is why the flights went missing. It was the ninjas. Ninja. Ninja bathtub party. Ninja bathtub party. <laughs> That's why the flights went missing. Hmm. It wasn't aliens. It was the bathtub ninjas. It's an interesting theory. <laughs> Very interesting theory. If you're still listening, thank you. Because <laughs> we're just like rambling at this point. <laughs> One of the things I found interesting, so all of this happened before 1952, right? Okay. So they didn't know that the Bermuda Triangle was a thing then. Okay, right. The Bermuda Triangle. So I guess there was some article that came out in some magazine in 1950 that kind of started... Called it that. The, well, actually, it was uh, 52. It was a different... So there was an article that kind of brought light to all of this goings-on in the area. And then there was a paranormal magazine oh, where some yes. the author of this article in that paranormal magazine in 1952 kind of gave it the name. and it's, it's It was a fictional magazine that called it... Somebody had wrote it wrote about it and called it a Bermuda Triangle. And then this magazine kind of ran with it and gave it that name, like said that was its name. Yeah, and just like when they were coming up with this, they just arbitrarily kind of picked points and like, look, triangle. Um, and, and people just ran with it. Yeah. I mean, there was no like evidence to back up anything at this point. It was just like like a paranormal group or a paranormal magazine was just like, yeah, this is cool. And people were like, yay, let's not look. Kind of like it is nowadays. We don't fact check anything. We just go, hey, that sounds good. Yeah, that's let's true. Let's do it. My, my earliest memory of the Bermuda Triangle is watching DuckTales. 
Yep. <laughs> I remember that episode. Like and and uh, yeah, they go to the Berkman channel. So like, there's like a lot of these things where I was like, I didn't know it was like a real thing until I got older. I'm like, oh, this is a real thing. Oh, there's like seriously mysterious things happening out in the middle of the ocean out here like this. But, you know, because you, you hear like this as a kid and you just kind of think, oh, it's just, you know, I don't know, some sort of folk tale or something. But also because of these damn cartoons, I thought quicksand and lava was going to be a big part of my life. And yeah. Of more of a danger than the it really is. The floor is, is lava. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen quicksand once. I have not encountered lava either. No. There was a, also the R.O.U.S.'s. What? Rodents of unusual size. size. Oh, yes. Those guys. And the fire swamp with the quicksand. Yeah. The, the lightning sand is what they called it. Yeah, we got to watch out for those bursts of flames that come up from that. No, I saw that meme on Facebook recently. It's like, you know, growing up, I thought quicksand was going to be a bigger deal than it was. And it had like four or five different movies where people are singing in quicksand. Yep. Never seen it. It's quite easy to get out of, too, actually. Yeah, you just kind of crawl out of it. <laughs> it's kind of... Kind of lay across and squirm. Yep. Yeah, then you're out. You might lose a shoe, but... Yeah, no, I remember that in like elementary school. It's just like, quicksand is bad. No, no, stay away. I've never seen it. Yeah, I, I felt like walking through a desert, you were just going to randomly walk into a pile. Like, oh, shit, here it is. This is it. This is it. I'm going down fast. Don't move. Don't move. Someone throw me a vine or a stick. That's the only way this works. Should, there's usually vines around here. Quicksand, somebody throw me a vine. In the desert, yeah. yeah. In the middle of the desert, someone's got a vine. It's just, it's inevitable. And here we are living in a state that is a desert. Never ran across it once. I, I heard of some recently in Lake Powell. Now that the water's receded quite a bit, you got oh, some yeah. muddy sand or whatever. Quicksand. It's it happened out there. Not to nobody. I'm not going there. No, I think people got trapped in it. And they got out. Yeah, vines. yeah, they got rescued. Well, I think somebody see, found a vine. <laughs> <laughs> but f- before they found the vine, with the way things are nowadays, I'm sure there was pictures taken and video. Oh, I bet you. The, I given. bet you. While they were in quicksand, they were, were like selfies. They were like in, stuck Instagram. Itself, yeah. Who would have thunk? Finally <laughs> happened, everybody. Quicksand. Quicksand. <laughs> Feeling cute today. Might get stuck in quicksand. I don't know. <laughs> Anybody got a vine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Oh shit. Well, is that about uh, an episode or? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't. Know, I guess there's more thoughts on it. Do you, do you really think aliens pluck people no. out of these? No. Okay. No, do you? I don't know. Do you? I, okay. Yes and no. Do I think aliens are uh, plucking people out of the sky? No. Do I think there's a possibility that there is something that alien technology could be doing something to disrupt their instruments? Possibly. Okay. Possibly. And like what aspect? Do you think aliens are just kind of out towards the Atlantic, and I, as planes come by, they're like, "Whoa, stop there!" So, seeing these videos of these UFOs or USOs or whatever they're uh-huh. called, um, it does make me wonder if there is something that is subterranean here, and if there is something subterranean here, maybe that is where it is. And maybe it does give off some type of energy wavelengths that does disrupt some things. And so you think aliens are under the ocean in a base and they're shooting signals up through the ocean up to the sky. But these planes or ships or boats are getting in the middle of that. I think it's just strange that both ships and planes both 
doesn't matter where they are, it, mm-hmm. high up, elevated, or just right on top of the water. I would like to see if that happens to submarines. I if submarines travel through there and get the same Submarines do travel through there, and I think I've heard something about it as well. And would that... Now, if they are doing... If that is happening to them, now, would methane... How would methane gas affect a submarine that is completely airtight in a way that is not taking on air? Hmm. It's not sucking in air. It's completely self-contained with the oxygen that's in it. It's not recreating more oxygen, so it's not sucking anything in. That's a good point. So in that aspect, I don't see how methane gas can affect a submarine. That is a good point. So I think there's something, because it doesn't matter how elevated they are, they're all having issues. So I don't know. Something tells me there's something more to it than methane gas. Um, I think there's something uh, one of the one of the things I was uh, listening to earlier mentioned that like out there in the triangle there is some sort of like electromagnetic phenomenon that goes on mm-hmm. and and what would cause that see that's what I don't know because I mean there was talks of the like the super volcano uh, releasing these gases and stuff like that and causing the gas bubbles but I don't know if a volcano would create electromagnetic fields right I don't yeah, know yeah, what I mean, would that... create electromagnetic fields to disrupt instruments that make them a compass has to have there has to be an electromagnetic field to screw up a compass yeah pretty much because the compass is always going to face north your north unless you've got some kind of a magnet touching it to screw it up Uh so it does make me wonder what would what can cause that that strong in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the ocean where we don't have any technology out like there. Like in the middle of the hemisphere, pretty much. What yeah. If it was like a meteorite. Because yeah, I mean, there. Florida is close to kryptonite, maybe kryptonite. Well, didn't we talk about like on the last episode that there was a possibility that there was some sort of like meteorite that crashed in that area? Even I don't know if we have talked about that. I don't, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. But you know, with Florida being, I don't. Know I mean, and these islands are all. I mean, this close. It's close to the equator, so we're close to the middle of the hemisphere. Nowhere near the poles. Because you would think if, if the poles have where the gravitation north and south, north and south, pole, south yeah. pole is, because then I could see something like that. But <clears throat> Florida and and the Bahamas and and Puerto Rico are pretty close to the equator, so it's like half like in the middle of the hemisphere. So yeah, gravitational type of fields or poles or magnetic things in there just yeah, they don't make sense in the middle of the ocean. It's very peculiar. Peculiar. We're going to the Bahamas. So yep. yeah, that's why I don't know. My thoughts are there's more to it than methane gas. There's more to it than natural occurrences, because if that was the case, we would probably see that more often in other parts of the ocean. Like other oceans, even like the Pacific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if this was a super volcano methane gas situation. I believe there's more than just that one that we have under the water. So there'd probably be a lot more incidences in concentrated locations than just this. I'm going to zoom in on Google Maps, see if I can see anything in the middle of the ocean here. Just giant crabs. Uh, water. A lot of craters and no, no, no space space either. <laughs> no space space? You can't see no, one? Not, not, not on Google Not Maps. from space? <laughs> nope. Not yet anyway. 
Actually, thinking of that, you know, with Google having all these satellites out there, I wonder. So, so you, so go. So you have an idea of you know having drones out there, but maybe having like just a satellite focused out there that might be kind of interesting. Pretty sure it's the lost city of Atlantis. Maybe they're not even lost. Maybe they're still operating down there. Weren't they like supposed to be in the Gulf of Mexico or something like that? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know where the Gulf, where that, where I'm sorry, where Atlantis. the where the missing Atlantis is. We need to know. investigate further and figure out what's going on in the Triangle. Let's dive yes. deep. Well, there's more topics to come on the Bermuda Triangle because there's a lot of other things we didn't even talk about. Ghost ships, boats. Yeah, ghost ships. We haven't even talked about that yet. That was for another episode. And I think that's the end of this one. Thank you all for joining. (laughs) Go see, don't play that. Peace out, butterflies. Live long and prosper. Thank you, Leonard Nimoy.